It's boogie time, baby. Welcome to the morning briefing, the broadcast, all the information. We're going to give it to you. You're going to walk out. Of, dude, there was too much information in the news today. We're a full hour after my set, not formal start time. Uh, and I'm realizing, give me one second here, everybody. I just want to switch up the view. You guys don't need it. You, you want to see my big old pretty face. You don't want to just see all the articles just like that. That would be no good. Uh, no, seriously, there was a wild amount of stuff going on in the news today. And then I, I went to Zero Hedge at the end of my day. There was crazy shit going on over there. So uh, I don't think I'm going to do an evening broadcast, but I will definitely be doing a Friday episode this week uh, because I couldn't even get to everything I wanted to get to today. Uh, and so with that being said, there's no reason to meander with the pre-introduction here. There's so many topics that I want to delve into. Let's just get right into it. So uh, today, here's uh, here's the big topics we're going to be covering on the show. Does Hillary Clinton's vagina actually make demon noises when she flicks her bean? And is that how the political elites communicate with our demon overlords? Next, what visions has the January 6th shaman been having in jail? And will it predict the Ukrainian war? Next up, what animals are living inside Sarah Palin's hair bun? Uh, in financial news, if appointed to the Fed, will Sarah Raskin become the greatest insider trader of all time? And then last topic on today's list is going to be with news of Donald Trump being hacked. Our reporters are asking, what is the deep state eat for lunch? So that's what you guys can look forward to in today's uh, broadcast. Uh, and first topic, let's get into, uh, you know, war with Russia. The world may or may not be coming to an end. We may or may not be within the window of opportunity of the troops. And so here was an end line from uh, CNBC. NATO says Russia's increasing troop numbers at Ukrainian border calls for talks. And baby, are we going to war or what? I mean, like, at what point, like it's troops in, troops out, troops in, troops out. Like, here's the problem is that if Putin is going to end up tiring out his own troops, trying to deke us out every day. At some point, even the Russians, like the, the commanding officer is going to be standing there like, go back to border. I was just at border. Go back to middle of Russia. I was just in middle of Russia. Now I have to go back to border again. At what point do Putin and Biden just smash assholes so we can move on with our lives? Uh, and then Schumer McConnell promised to support Ukraine against illegal Russian invasion. And, you know, it's nice to see people from the left and right, Jews and Christians coming together to support the deep state and the war machine. You know, politicians, most of the time they can't agree on anything, but at least if they can come together on some of the most important topics, like making sure that the war machine can, you know, have the profits that they so desperately need, at least at least if they're coming together on that. There's some sort of a platform by which they can come together and then probably just make other decisions that aren't good for us. It seems like every time they do come together, usually uh, not really a win for us. Um, and so here is a clip from uh, our noble leader, Joe Biden, uh, talking about the situation with Russia. Let's give it a listen. And if you guys are in the chat, let me know if you guys can hear the video audio. I believe I figured that out, but let me know. Let me be equally clear about what we are not doing. The United States and NATO are not a threat to Russia. Ukraine is not threatening Russia. <clears throat> Neither the U.S. nor NATO have missiles in Ukraine. We do not, do not have plans to put them there as well. We're not targeting the people of Russia. We do not seek to destabilize Russia. To the citizens of Russia, you are not our enemy. And I do not believe you want a bloody, destructive war against Ukraine 
a country and a people with whom you share such deep ties of family, history, and culture. 77 years ago, our people fought and sacrificed side by side to end the worst war in history. World War II was a war of necessity. But if Russia attacks Ukraine, it would be a war of choice or a war without cause or reason. I say these things not to provoke, but to speak the truth because the truth matters. Accountability matters. If Russia does invade in the days and weeks ahead, the human cost for Ukraine will be immense. I'm going to pause it here. And doesn't it feel like we're being the shitty ones here? I mean, honestly, Putin just said, hey, I don't want NATO within this country. And then, by the way, Biden goes on to say, oh, yeah, NATO's going to be in there. We're not giving up on NATO being in there, but we're not going to do anything harmful for you. We're not going to put any machinery there. We're not going to put any missiles there. So why the fuck, firstly, why do we have any involvement in this side of the world? And why are we saying that Ukraine, We like it is, uh, like we're the ones who are saying, listen, there's going to be no truce here. We're going to, there's zero give you. We are not giving up the fact that Ukraine won't be in NATO. Uh, but if you guys do anything, you're starting it. We're not starting it. It's like, it's very bitchy behavior. We're not starting up here. I mean, we're saying that we're going to go in there and we're going to do the one thing that you said was the red line. But if you were to, if you were to, to do anything to escalate this situation based on us stepping over your red line, that's on you. Like, I don't know. It just it, it seems like we're being the assholes here. And I'd also just like to point out to Biden. Do you not remember what just happened in Afghanistan? I mean, we just had a 19 year failed war. You had a debacle just trying to leave the place. Why are you starting up with the Russians? Now, who knows? Maybe Biden actually ends up winning this thing. Biden is such a demented fucking asshole. It's two old guys. They're coming to the end of their lives and they really don't give a shit. And Biden super doesn't give a shit. And so he's got his old dog. Come on, man. I'm, I'm going to die. And you think I'll give a shit? I'll take this country in a war. I've always wanted to see a nuclear war thing go off. Nuke bombs. Is that what they're called? Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's going, listen, I'm old, senile, and demented. And if you think you're going to get in the way of my family's Ukrainian profits, I'm going to put all the fucking money on the line. And who knows? Maybe Putin actually does blink. And he goes, ah, fuck it. I push this thing too far. You can just, you guys can just stay in Ukraine and I'll figure out other people to steal money from. Uh, but it just seems to me like we're not in the right here and that we've got so many failures in this country. We just got out of Iraq. I mean, we just got out of Afghanistan. We still haven't pr stopped pretending like there's a COVID virus and, you know, making people get mandated vaccines and shit. Maybe just chill on the Russia thing. Maybe don't just end up in a nuclear war. All right. And then here, I'd like to play this video because I've noticed that this guy has been the dude who's been on quite a few news shows. Uh, he was the one who I've been making fun of with this. The window of opportunity may or may not still be open, really has nothing of value to say. Then there was also that video where the reporter was giving him shit like, what information do you have of a false flag attack? And he goes, well, we don't give our sources. And he goes, yeah, but what sources? What evidence? Well, the evidence I just told you was that circular bullshit. Uh, so just to showcase how much of a deep state liar this individual is and the fact that there it does seem to my eye to be some machinery that just really likes war and, uh, you know, works with the Clintons, uh, did the whole Trump-Russia collusion thing for a while, and then they finally got Biden in here, and now they're trying to ramp up new wars that they can sell new equipment. Well, let's just give it a listen. 
What we learned during the campaign was that very serious computer science experts, people who work closely uh, with the United States government, had uncovered this secret hotline between uh, the Alpha Bank, the, the Russian bank, and the Trump organization. Now, of course, we didn't know for sure if in fact that were the case, but we knew that it should be investigated. And we knew that given how serious these computer scientists were, they weren't just making up crackpot theories. So it wasn't surprising to learn that even as of last week, the FBI is still looking into this. And do you have any idea what they're, what they're looking for? I don't. Uh, of course, I don't have a line into the FBI on this, but what I know based on public reporting is that there is very unusual server activity between this Russian bank and the Trump organization, which suggests contact that took place over the course of the campaign. We obviously cannot predict the future. We don't know exactly what is going to happen. They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. So there you have it. It's the same guy. He's playing the same tricks. Hey, I don't have all the information, but I got some of the information. And, uh, you know, things could be really bad here. So uh, somebody better take divisive action because with the little bit of information that I'm working with that I can't share with you, but I am pulling it from good sources, uh, just know that, uh, you know, we, we better start doing some things. All right. The other big news story of today was that the Sandy Hook family settled with Remington, um, making the first time gun manufacturers were held liable for a mass shooting. Uh, so essentially, this probably is not a win for uh, Second Amendment rights. I would assume that this is putting liability on the gun companies for if people misuse their guns, which I would imagine is going to make guns more expensive and harder to get your hands on as there will probably be new costs that uh, gun manufacturers have to like expect that there will be more lawsuits against them and that there might be more liability. So they're probably going to have to charge us more to offset that and then also create probably more restrictions in terms of getting your hands on guns to make sure that they can remain in business. Uh, okay, so first is I just want to point out this picture because have you ever seen two cops that looked more like cops? I mean, how do you even get a, like, a, a face that intense? You got to like spend the whole life, like looking at like murder victims and going, Oh shit, that's serious. And then you do that for long enough and you can get one of these like cop glances that just instantly lets people know, like I'm a cop and I'm, I mean some business here. All right. So delving in to the legalities of this case, cause you, you've listened to this show before, you know, that I like pretending I'm a lawyer cause I probably should have paid attention in school and done that as a career and made a lot more money. Uh, but the families argued Remington negligently entrusted to civilian consumers an assault-style rifle that is suitable for use only by military and law enforcement enforcement personnel uh, and violated the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practice Act through the sale or wrongful marketing of the rifle. Let's take this as two separate arguments, the first being that uh, a rifle is only suitable for use by military and law enforcement personnel. I don't know why that would be true. I've not shot all that many guns, but the one time I shot an AR, uh, it felt like with very little training, it would be the best tool if at random I needed to protect myself. If I was in a situation and I just needed to protect myself and you put out a bunch of guns in front of me, I'd probably grab the AR because if you don't know what you're doing, it's kind of the easiest to use. Uh, and so since guns do exist, one, for us to keep a check on the government, uh, and two, for your own personal protection, I don't understand why that should be a gun only for use by the military and law enforcement. Uh, and then they go on to say that there is unfair trade practice act through the sale or wrongful marketing of the rifle. Uh, and as we will see, it's that essentially 
they lost their uh I guess their inability to be sued if they marketed it, marketed the device in an inappropriate way. Uh, and so here is the ad in question. Uh, it says, consider your man card, um, man card reissued. It's a picture of the assault rifle with the text, consider your man card reissue. And uh, I, I guess the jurors have decided that killing kindergartners is a manly activity. Because they're saying that this ad inspired the kid uh, to specifically buy an AR-15. They were saying that owning an... All right, so here's the issue. Not great for gun rights because we're going to be putting some sort of liability on gun manufacturers that when they're selling you guns, I guess there's some responsibility on them to ensure that, uh, you know, you're... They can't just sell you the device now. I would assume. I would assume that we've created a new landscape of liability for gun manufacturers. Uh, and that's going to be tough because it's going to be more expensive. And like, how are they going to continuously make sure that I guess you're not a person that might be, it's, it's like getting struck by lightning. How do you predict the random individual who's going to lose their shit and do something bad with their gun? Uh, like, what are you going to do? You're going to start at like calling every night. You just start calling or like once a month, the gun manufacturer is going to have to hire people to check in with you. And then we all know they're only going to call you during dinner and you're going to keep ignoring, keep ignoring, you keep seeing the number someone finally. And then at some point you finally go, what the fuck do you want? And then they go, well, this is the gun manufacturer. And if you answer your phone like that, I don't think you should be having a gun. And then next thing you know, you're getting swatted. And then they're on the news going, hey, look at these people with their guns being uh, vicious to uh, to telecom people. And that's why people shouldn't have guns. And so I really don't understand how this ad, which says, consider your man ca card uh, um, reissued uh, and is letting you know that, you know, you might feel like more of a man that like, how did that inspire uh, or put the, them at fault for what happened in the kindergarten. Like, it's not like their ad was uh, show these other fucking kids. Do you mean boss? Are they making fun of you at school? Or like, you really want to feel like a man, you know, target practice is tough when you're hitting small targets. Sure. Anyone can go to the range, but not anyone can hit a kindergartner. Like, I don't really understand. Cause all right. Here was the argument. This is from the Supreme court. The Supreme Court said, specifically the Supreme Court opinion said the plaintiff's lawyers at Koskoff, Koskoff, and Beter would have to prove that Remington's marketing magnified the lethality of Sandy Hook Massacre by inspiring Lanza or causing him to select a more efficiently deadly weapon for his attack. But like, so what, what should their marketing be like? Hey, uh, if you need us, our weapons might work. Like, you, you're not, you, you're, you're, your weapon it's a weapon. It is designed to kill people. That is what it's designed for. Now, once it's in the hand of the user, I mean, they can choose how they use it, right? But you still want to let them know if you need this to kill somebody, if you're in a situation, that's what this is made for. It works really well. So it's like, yeah, I guess if you're marketing, my gun works better than everyone else's gun. And then somebody goes, oh, well, I want to go do something shitty with it. I better get the best one. They're going to buy yours. But that like that's you're not marketing it to, hey, here, buy my thing and do something shitty. You're, you're marketing it that if you're in a situation where you need this thing, it's going to work. It's like imagine if a uh, chainsaw company, let's call it Pete's Chainsaw, said Pete's Chainsaws could cut through anything. And then Leatherface used it to kill a whole bunch of individuals. And they said, well, you know, Pete's Chainsaw is responsible because they advertised that Pete's Chainsaw can cut through anything. And then Leatherface over here went out and started slaughtering people because, you know, he realized you don't just need to use chainsaws on trees. Every other company, they're just talking about the trees. 
This one tried to show you that it was the best and that it could go through anything. And so it started drilling through steel and it started drilling through uh, uh, through concrete barricades. And that inspired Leatherface that he that he knew that he could go use this on individuals. So I, I, I kind of don't understand this because it's like the gun has one singular activity. Well, I guess you can use it for like sportsmanship and then or or defense. Uh, so unless you specifically marketed for, hey, take our thing and go kill people in an offensive way, I don't understand how you're marketing like you're marketing that your device works and it works well. Then it's on other people how they use it. Like, for example, take Yo Delta, one of our fine sponsors, and I'm sure they want to be affiliated with me screaming about child murder. Um, we advertise to you if you're over the age of 21 that your Delta will get you incredibly high. And I stand by that. You eat one of those gummies, you're going to get crazy high. Now, I'm not telling you that you should eat that gummy all the time and spend your entire life high. I don't think that's a great way to live your life. I'm more saying that when you call in sick from work because you've just had enough of work and you're going to spend all day, you know, eating junk food and jerking off on your couch, you might as well be super high while you do it. And you might as well eat your Deltas. But like, your Delta is a product designed to make you super high. And so I'm going to tell you that it's going to make you super high. If all of a sudden you decide to misuse that and like spend your whole life high or like do, do I'm not even going to mention the other things. I'm already in trouble with these Yo Deltas for the way that I'm disparaging their products, except I'm not. I'm letting you know that they get them high. All I'm saying, I don't think this is a win for uh, people who like having guns or people that like the Second Amendment or people that understand that guns keep the government in check and lets them know hey, you only want to get so testy. There's a lot of people out there with guns. Uh, and then what happens when the corona vaccine starts turning everybody into zombies and those of us who didn't get vaccinated need to protect ourselves? What are we supposed to do if we don't have guns? Well, how are we supposed to protect ourselves? So uh, there will, I'm sure, be more developments on this. I'm sure more of the actual legal experts will step in and let us know what the ramifications are. I'm just saying, based on what I've seen, I don't fully understand uh, the liability and I also would be curious to see how this might apply to other industries if people are uh, misusing the products from the way that they're sold. Like, imagine if you're a laser company and you go, I got the most powerful laser in the entire world. And then people started like, you know, like uh, uh, Joe Pesci style, whereas that, there's that scene in Casino where he starts drilling the guy's head with the thing. And he goes, you're protecting that fuck. That fuck you're going to protect that fuck. That's a great scene. You guys remember that when he's squashing the guy's head? All right, moving on. Sarah Palin lost a defamation lawsuit against the New York Times. So it was unclear to me what this defamation lawsuit even was. It seemed like in all the new ones, they were just saying that there was a connection, that the New York Times drew a false connection between Sarah Palin and uh, some, some shootings that took place. So this is from another CNN article. Uh, it was dated, I think, from when the lawsuit was first brought. And so here's the text. The editorial titled American Lethal Politics implied that the man who shot Giffords, Jared Lee uh, Lofner, Launer, was inspired by Palin's map. It further claimed that in the shooting of Rep. Steve Scalise and several others at a practice for a congressional baseball game on Wednesday, there was no sign of incitement as direct as in the Guilford's attack. So in other words, they drew some sort of a connection between a map that Sarah Palin had, and then, uh, they, you know, to try and say that Sarah Palin had some responsibility for these shootings. Now, the judge dismissal, um, this is from a different article, was due to his finding that Palin had failed to show enough evidence that a reputation had been damaged by the June 2017 editorial. And talk about insult to injury that not only do you lose the case, 
but the judge tells you that you being affiliated with mass murder was not actually defaming of your character. The world thinks so low, low, low of you, Sarah Palin, that, you know, even, uh, you know, being falsely accused of uh, inspiring, you know, a shooting on a government official is not enough to say that it disparaged your reputation. Here was another MSNBC article that I thought was interesting. So they were uh, showcasing the college careers that will make you the most money. Uh, in slide number one, you can see basically anything engineering, anything where you're going to actually go make a product. You have to be smart. You got to apply yourself and you're actually going to go do something. Apparently that will pay you some money. Uh, now, by comparison, before I show you the slides of people that don't make any money, if you're working minimum wage, 40 hours a week, 15 bucks an hour, you're going to be making $31,000 a year. The median U.S. salary is $35,000 an hour. And then if you start thinking about all your construction or other, you know, just like labor jobs uh, that might be paying you 25, I'm sure that number is higher. But just minimum wage, 40 hours a week is $31,200. And then you start seeing how many of these dumb liberal college studies pay you less than what you would make full-time working minimum wage. Uh, it includes things like social services, performing arts, anthropology, general social sciences, psychology, theology, and religion, early your childhood education, which of course, like early childhood education, how much can you educate a little kid? Like it doesn't take a lot of skill to teach blocks. You probably get retarded kids teaching kids. I mean like retarded adults teaching young kids, like early childhood education it, like that's not even a thing. How much do you how much are you educating two and three year olds? Uh, and this is, of course, why uh, all liberals want socialism, because they are so dumb that they go to school. They take on massive amounts of debts uh, and then get degrees in careers that won't possibly pay them any money. So their only path for, you know, wealth, resources uh, or health insurance or anything else is by getting the government to steal it from the rest of us. And you can just forecast it. The day people pick these majors, that they're the idiots that probably couldn't have done engineering or other things. And so they pick these bullshit majors, learn how to complain and, you know, just make sure that government takes care of them. Next news story. We've been covering this whole uh, Raskin thing elected to the Fed, loves green energy, is one of these fucking woke assholes, wants to take over government offices and make sure that, you know, uh, companies, institutions don't have to create things of value, but instead just gives out favorable, you know, contracts and things to uh, green energy initiatives that cost all of us. So now we've got a new problem in government. So they're holding up her nomination. They approved the other ones, but they said, we're not letting this rascal in. And so we've got a new problem in politics that since Biden has gotten into office, every other government official has learned, oh, I don't have to make any sense. Like before Biden, you at least had to say things that sounded like you were trying to make sense. You couldn't just lose your thoughts in the middle of a thought. You couldn't just go, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you had to actually at least like you can engage in propaganda. You could smile and pretend like you didn't get what their question was. You could circle back all you wanted, but at least you had to make sense. So one of the accusations of this Raskin was that uh, a company she was working for got declined priority access at the Fed or priority banking or being like a bank of record. I don't even know. This shit's over my head. I just like to yell about it. Uh, and so Raskin then calls on her behalf, the revolving door. She's got the tie-ins. They actually do take her call. And then all of a sudden, the 
company she's working for gets magically approved. She leaves the company, gets some big giant million dollar payout. Now, this is how hard this shit is to follow, but I'm going to read the statement of, I believe this was the Fed addressing why this company suddenly got approval after Raskin's call. And like I said, it's not going to make any sense. I tried reading this more than once. I was able to break down the legalities of the, of the guns and trying to shoot kindergarten kids and whether or not Remington wanted you to do that. But this shit's over my head. Let's give it a read. The Colorado regulator disputed a portion of the Kansas City Fed statement from February 7th that states that after its first failed request for access to a master account, Reserve Trust changed its business model and the Colorado Division of Banking reinterpreted the state's law in a manner that meant RTC met the definition of a depository institution. Asked about the characterization and whether it's reinterpreted of state level allowed other fintech terms to qualify as banks, Colorado's banking regulator fired back. All right, so here's the banking regulator firing back, and here's pure Bidenism. This is the new way they teach you to engage in politics. We consider that statement that the division reinterpreted state law as a misrepresentation of our practice. A representative for the Colorado Division of Banking sent an email. The analysis of the law is consistent. While we can't change outcomes to our analysis are the facts provided by the entity, Further, the division in banking has not, nor has the authority to change, modify, or reinterpret any law without engaging in the rulemaking process, which uh, it's always a process. They always reference some other process. So it's like you can do all those things. You just have to like walk into this magical box. And you see the reason why we didn't do that is because we weren't in the magical box. But once you go into the magical box, then you can do that exact thing that you said that we're not allowed to do. Like I said, it doesn't make any sense because politicians don't have to make sense anymore. Here's proof of that. Here, let's listen to a little bit of Mitch McConnell. Now, on a related matter, this Democrat caused inflation has forced the Federal Reserve and its Board of Governors into a very tricky position. But while the country is carefully watching the Fed Board of Governors. <laughs> Why doesn't he just email whatever the fuck he's trying to say? He just he's like gargling his speeches. It's like it's like he's practicing his speech in the mirror, but he put his morning Listerine in and he's gargling it while trying to read his speech. Just mail in your fucking speech so we can read it. No one can understand you, McConnell. And by the way, McConnell's a piece of shit, except sometimes he's really good on stuff like because sometimes he's like a really good son of a bitch and he somewhat manages to slap the liberals around pretty good. And he managed to stuff like, uh, you know, people getting to the Supreme Court. I mean, for the most part, he's just a, you know, it, the, the politicians are like roaches. The longer they're alive, the more of a roach they become. That's it. The roaches, they get bigger. The longer they live, politicians the same way. You just become more of a politician. But sometimes he's cool because he really does smash uh, what the Democrats are trying to do. Uh, but that's just the new age of politics. No one has to make any sense. All right, Trudeau. We did a long episode of this on part of the problem last night. So, you know, I don't have to rehash my thoughts. I actually, uh, you know, was talking quite a bit about this. But I think one of the creepiest things that Trudeau has done is, uh, you know, they don't like freedom. Governments don't like freedom because freedom means that we can do things without them. We can do the things that we're looking to do. And all of a sudden you can just showcase that everyone gets along and money goes to the people that deserve it or that other people want to give it to because they're creating value. They're offering people things that they want. It just it erodes the entire thing. They're trying to keep an illusion in place that they need to be there in order for society to function. And once you have little bits of freedom, you start realizing, oh, my God, we can really just 
organize ourselves and interact with each other around systems of money in exchange for value. And when you have this perfect harmony of service and value in exchange for money, it seems to be pretty efficient without government's involvement. And so they can't have that. They can't have us figuring out that it's an illusion that we need themselves, them to insert themselves. And uh, so now they're starting to confiscate people's funds. It's really creepy, especially if you start considering. And I will keep this short. Go listen to part of the problem. Uh, I talked quite about this over there, as well as on Liberty Lock Pod uh, Lockdown with uh, Clint. Um, however, as there is the possibility of currency going digital, there's also the possibility that at any given moment in time, government can just cut you off from your own money. And if you see what's happened with tech censorship and the way that, you know, they can just make claims about you, uh, they don't need to prove it. They can like Alex Berenson has been right about a lot of stuff. Guess what? He's not on Twitter right now. He might win a expensive legal lawsuit against them. He might get reinstored. He might get paid. But imagine if instead of being on, uh, you know, being kicked off Twitter or I can't even post my own content to YouTube. I'm not allowed to do that, which is fine. Fuck YouTube. Odyssey, baby. I'm team Odyssey all the way. Uh, imagine if that was true for your funds. And now Trudeau is going to start doing that through the banks to these uh, um uh, to these truckers. I'm not sure if he's going to quite seize funds or if step one is just going to be that you're going to lose your banking access. That's no small thing to lose your banking access. It's no small thing for government to step in and say that a uh, insurance company is not allowed to insure you. Uh, and this is no small thing that now that there's these, um, areas that are outside of traditional banking that actually just allowed you to have better access to money since there's more freedom there and you have the ability just to for me just to send money to a random trucker if a random trucker were to hit me up at robsnewsroomgmail.com and say here's my wallet i could just send them bitcoin and they don't like that they don't like that you're able to just go directly to other people and just do what you want to do this thing's not built on freedom that's not what they're looking for and then on that note you got mike lindell uh, who apparently has his bank cut ties with him. I can't wait for his, we're going to go to my bank. Uh, I'm just at Biden there. He's he's more raspy and more uh, more wrestling. I'd have to listen to him. To me, he sounds and looks like if you shaved the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz. Um, but so he just had a thing with his bank where uh, he's the money's being returned to him, but the bank just basically said, we don't want to work with you anymore. Uh, and I can tell you, like you look at the entire world of companies that are trying to work uh, like marijuana, gambling, like there's a world of people that end up having to spend much higher percentages on credit card processing just because the traditional banking apparatus won't work with them. Like it's still a pain in the ass to just not have access to, to banks. And in this case, I don't know what that means by reputational risk. Um, all right. Closing it out here, Moderna CEO says it's reasonable to think the pandemic may uh, may be in its final stages. And of course, that's true because they can't pretend like the vaccine works anymore. So, uh, you know, once you can't push any more vaccines, you might as well say the. We've got Bernie Sanders tweeting about inflation. Let's give it a read. Shock, shock, shock. Gap prices are at the highest level in seven years, while ExxonMobil, Chevron, Shell, and BP made nearly $25 billion in profits last quarter, the highest level in over seven years. The problem is not inflation. The problem is corporate greed, collusion, and profiteering. Um, except that if they get money 
and then everything that they want to go buy is more expensive, then I think that's just inflation, especially if you're a really rich person, you want to go buy luxury goods. It's really hard to get luxury goods right now. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily difficult, but I think some of the most inflated pricings would exist on things like your luxury cars, your Rolexes. So I wouldn't say that that's a product. It's like, I think every business as the prices go up, have to charge more for their products. I'm pretty sure that's just the way inflation works. Uh, so the fact that they're charging more money or even making more money, firstly, he doesn't talk about uh, like uh, 25 billion profits last quarter, the highest level in over seven years. They made the most money in over seven years. Um, and by the way, if there is any sort of collusion and profiteering, it's with the government. If there's any amount of, hey, the oil companies are making more money. Don't think the government's not involved in that racket. But also, even if that if it's not because the government intervened in the market in a way so that, you know, these companies could make more money. I mean, who shut down that gas? If you shut down that gas, you're shutting down one of the competitors. Who shut down coal? If you shut down coal, I mean, this is all the profiteering, collusion, racketeering you're talking about where you're getting rid of the competitors for a product. And then as you get rid of the competitors, then the other guy can charge more. So if it's not a function of inflation, then it's probably a function of government policy. But then even this, if it is a function of that they're charging more and they're making more, that's not not inflation. Uh, even if you're making more and, and it's still more. So if you even if everything's more expensive for you, but your job pays you more, you still got paid more. And so if, if, you, if you have more money, then how come the poor don't have more money too? Everything, it doesn't matter if you have more and things cost more, you still made more. It just, I don't know. It seems to be a lack of understanding. Um, I want to shout out PJ O'Rourke. This guy gives me a lot of inspiration. He passed away the other day. Uh, this is going to be the worst tribute to a person that passed away ever. But I do think uh, it's got an inspiring message, uh, which is, I was one time walking through the library, maybe 10 years ago. I don't know why I was in the library. I think I was unemployed and I heard that's where other homeless people hang out. No, I wasn't homeless. I was probably trying to get DVDs. I probably was like unemployed and ran out of shitty television to watch. And then someone told me they had free movies at the library. I was like, wait, free movies. And then I randomly saw this book on a shelf and I was like, eh, that kind of looks interesting. And I started thumbing through it and uh, I read exactly half the book. I made, I made it 50% of the way through the book and I was fascinated by the question put forward, which is why is it that uh, some countries are wealthy and people are well off and other countries are poor? Uh, the book then inspired me to read Why Nations Fail. Uh, and I was fascinated by this question. And the short answer is that it's frameworks, that certain political structures allow for freedom. They allow for innovation. Uh, people win as government doesn't limit competition. And then you have new technologies getting developed. You get uh, value is created in the market. People are able to purchase things. I don't need to go on a whole rant here. What I'm more just trying to say is I was fascinated by the question put forward in this book and the short answer, which is that government structures create the most possible good, that it's kind of the frameworks of government more than it is the uh, people that live in an area or it is the natural resources available. Uh, really, the driving factor is freedom. If you live in, in in with government structures that allow for freedom and it doesn't just have corruption and all the value being sucked out of the system, uh, everyone wins. And as a result of reading 
50% of this book. By the way, I have like a big book of his, like of all of his collected essays. He was a great humorist. He had a legendary career with uh, National Lampoons. I really should go give that more of a read. Uh, I'm in a similar space trying to be a libertarian humorist, and I bet he had great joke structure. So I really should uh, um, give this a, another dive. Uh, but what I found more inspiring is just the fact that I literally just saw the book. And like, I'm telling you, that book changed my life. Then in reading that, I was like, oh, that's a fascinating question. And then I've kind of continued to think about it. And now I'm here broadcasting out of my living room. Uh, and so to me, I don't know, that's just, it's very inspiring to me, uh, the way that sharing ideas can inspire other people to uh, look into that. And, you know, maybe I scream out of my living room a whole bunch and never get a massive audience, but inspires the next guy. He shares it with that guy. And it's like a chain letter where, you know, enough people share it and we start changing some minds. So I don't know. I just, uh, shout out to PJ work. Honestly, I, I like that. Th that book changed my life. It really inspired me to look into these topics. Um, I am going to say that was, feels like it was probably about 10 years ago, or that sounds about like the timetable. Um, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll dip into more of his stuff and share it with you guys. Um, all right. Second ever dumbass of the day award reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass and so let's take a look at some of our dumbass of the dumbass of the day the award for today is going to go to prince andrew who settled his sex abuse lawsuit by jeffrey epstein victim virginia Giffrey. and now he's not uh he's not a dumbass for uh for settling this but can we at least get a public statement of what he actually did i mean for a while he was defaming the lady like, did she blow you? Give you a handy on the table? Was it a threesome with uh with Bill Clinton? Like, it's not enough. I like almost. I also, how much are you paying this lady? Like, at what point do we get the juicy details? And you don't even tell us how much money. Literally, they don't tell us yeah how much money. Like, and if you're not going to tell us how much money, how do we plan our lives to know if we should have kids and let them get victimized by world leaders? Like, I don't know how profitable it is. So, like, the least you can do is let us know how much you paid off this lady. And then, uh, here was his quote or this was from his lawyer. Uh, this is how much of a dumbass he is. He didn't even say this live. Like we, I didn't even watch it, but there was apparently that uh, meeting that he had with someone in the media where he was just squirming. So this is from his lawyer. And he accepts that she has suffered both as an established victim of abuse. And as a result of unfair public attacks, it is known that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years, which how not smooth are you? Like, cause now I'm, now I want to know, like, wait, wait, you're, so you're saying there were countless younger girls over many years. Cause like, it seemed like we've heard about of a couple, like how many other world leaders were involved in this? It seems like you're like almost going, Hey, listen, I wasn't the only one sleeping with Epstein's girls. I, I mean, you might've caught me, but all the world leaders were doing it, which like you, you least smooth person ever. And here was the runner up for, uh, for dumbass of the day. It was LA County which I saw this headline that they're lifting their outdoor mask mandate. And how do you, how do you have an outdoor mask mandate? Do you guys, were you guys actually in LA County wearing masks forcibly outdoors? I don't even wear them indoors until someone comes over and says that I have to like, you guys were actually going outdoors in mass. Unbelievable. All right. And so, like I said, I do try and uh, close out the show with solutions. And so my solutions for the day is that this creepy hair guy uh, we need a full investigation into who this guy is. I feel like he is the link between us and uh, the demon overlords. I feel like this guy has outed himself as deep state representative number one. Uh, he's a little bit too youthful to be trusted with this much propaganda. 
So I feel like if we're going to make some ties into just how evil the Clintons are and what's really going on in the world, uh, the solution I'm proposing for today is that, you know, people with uh, more uh, resources than I do uh, run a full scale investigation of the, the, the creepiest man currently working in government. Um, and that's it. We're going to call an episode. I hope uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you're listening to the video uh, and the first couple of videos didn't play, I, I, I have to figure that out. It's a tech issue. I got to figure that out. Uh, in the meantime, you can go look up those videos for yourself or you can go check out the audio version of this where uh, I will recut in those audio segments. Uh, and you can check that out. It's the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's available on Spotify. It's available on, uh, it's available wherever you get podcasts, rate, subscribe, share with your friends, buy some sheath underwear, protect your balls and dicks, get yourself some Yo Kratom, $60 a kilo. Uh, hopefully they don't listen to this episode and take issue with uh, all the nice things I had to say about Yo Delta. And uh, that's it for today. Thanks, everybody.